Uh, and just before we do the prayer room time, I've asked Vanessa to come as uh, our treasurer, church treasurer, to kind of uh, give us a little um, highlight from last year and then into this year. Uh, you'll notice also in your bulletin, uh, we've made a handout for you of the uh, budget we'll be working from this year that the leadership team put together. So if you want to find that, she's going to mention that a little bit. So uh, let me just turn it over to Vanessa right now. Good morning. morning. Last year. Yeah, you're on. Approximately um, 150,000, right around there. We brought in 148,720. So that is awesome. That is Amen. awesome. So Amen. thank you all, very, very much. Um, but I want to brag about. Now I got to put my eyeballs on. I want to brag about um, some of the things this church did uh, last year in 2015. So just very quickly, you know, 12% um, of all the money that comes in from your giving goes to missions. So, of course, we support um, Central Andrea Christian Mission, Sunset Bible Camp, Cooks and Hills, Ozark Bible College, Dallas Christian College, Freedom House, Happy Hands, uh, John 316, and Pioneer Bible Translators. That's um, Craig and Katie Bennett, and that's every month uh, we give to them. We also made some one-time uh, donations to Feed My Starving Children and His Image International, which is uh, missionary doctors who go and help in crisis situations, and then, of course, the Gideons. We gave out over $6,467 just to members and friends um, from our benevolent fund. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. It's taking care of our own. Of course, we assisted in coordinating, providing supplies for the annual Jinx um, Easter egg hunt. We assisted and provided food for the Thanksgiving um, gift baskets, the Jinx Community Project. We added new flooring in the fellowship hall and the foyer. We added new cabinets in the pastor's and the secretary's offices. We replaced all the thermostats throughout the church. Uh, we replaced floor covering and painted the walls in the education wing back here. Uh, we started a bus ministry, bringing up to 40 kids from nearby apartments to hear God's word. Good job, um, Chrissy and Kathy. And we, um, we started renovating the parsonage. So a lot of work um, accomplished in 2016. Fifteen. Yeah, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I am. So here's what I think is really cool. As of today, well, as of uh, December 31st, we have $54,277 in the bank. Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. So you guys are awesome, and I appreciate that. And as Pastor mentioned, um, there is a flyer in your bulletin today. So this talks about the 2016 budget and where that money's going. There is a flyer at the back in case you ever want to know about River Oaks giving. It kind of explains it a little bit further. And for those of you um, who tithe with cash, I encourage you to t pick up one of these envelopes. They are at the back of the church. Um, then that way I know who gave. You know, sometimes I know you put them in, your, if you fold it in your um, Connection card, then that also helps me, so I can um, be sure to give you credit for that as well. So, anyway, just wanted to share that information. Any questions about last year's budget? 
All right. Thank you all. Thank you very, very much. You are a very generous people and uh, grateful for your faithfulness in giving. Uh, So many of you are very, very faithful, and we're grateful for you and uh, your continued support of the the church. Uh, The 148 was just the general fund operating expense. Uh, You gave far beyond that because there were special offerings taken throughout the year that you responded to. And so uh, uh, I just... I was telling uh, Vanessa how exciting it is that we have money in the bank that we actually actually know is there (laughs) as uh, as compared to a few years ago when we had some help with it disappearing. So uh, unbeknownst to us, but uh, praise the Lord that that's uh, behind us and that your faithfulness is uh, obvious. And so thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right. Let's take a look at our prayer list and... uh, uh, James Watkins, uh, there at the end of the new and recent, he is the uh, grandfather to, uh, I call him uh, uh, Big James, uh, one of the boys that comes on Wednesday nights from the, from the apartments. Uh, he and his mom uh, came forward a few weeks ago, and uh, the granddad uh, also came forward uh, a few weeks before that. Uh, if you'll remember, he was saying he was battling prejudice and so forth, and we had prayer for him. He asked us to pray for him. Uh, James has had, uh, he's gone into some disorientation, uh, so much so that he had to be uh, put in the hospital, and then eventually they got him to Laureate to try to get him under balance. And what they've discovered is two things. One is is that his, his combination of medicines he takes for a lot of his health issues are potentially creating the disorientation and secondly, he's a prime candidate and showing all the signs of early Alzheimer's. So uh, pray for that family. Uh, he so much wants to be baptized. He's been baptized, and I told him he didn't need to do it again. He said, but preacher, I, I just, I'm just not feeling right. I said, then we need to appeal to the clear conscience, and we'll take care of that. Uh, and so he's gotten sick. And so it's bothering his family that he can't be baptized. So I reassured them. I said, you need to be, understand one thing. He did. He did, even though it was years ago. Maybe he didn't understand exactly what he was doing then. He knows more now. He's done that. Plus, he got to trust the, that God knows his heart. God knows his heart. So we need to understand that as well. So pray for that family and, uh, um, and all that they're uh, uh, struggling with and going through. Uh, Ralph Branstetter is recovering at his son's home, Randy's house. And uh, uh, Don and I were able to go by there this week, uh, last week, and see him. And uh, he's... Just amazing. At 98 years old, uh, planning to get back to church just as soon as he can. Uh, he's he's realizes that he probably won't be able to drive anymore. Uh, the uh, daughter-in-law assured us that if he wants to come to church, they'll make sure he's here. So uh, I told him we'd come get him. Whatever we need to do uh, to help out, we'll do that. So I wanted to give you that update on Ralph. And um, uh, let's see. And Pat's uh, surgery is coming up here another week or two, so keep praying for her. And uh, uh, Jerry E.G. had uh, eye cataract surgery, I think it was. And uh, that that one is starting to get well and just in time to go do the other one. That's really in more need than the other one, but anyway, it's uh, 
combination thing uh, for for them. And then Helen's been under the weather, but it's good to see her back today and uh, have her here at church. Uh, Gary and Sherry are down in Dallas um, uh, helping their daughter uh, move into uh, temporary housing. Uh, just her home that she's trying to purchase clears and gets through and all that stuff. But she had to go back and she had to go down and go to work. And so they're down there uh, helping uh, unload some of her stuff from their their uh, care <laughs> uh, for her. All right. Any any new ones we need to put down? Yes. Uh, Vanessa. <laughs> okay, praise God. Give God a clap offering on that one. Amen. Woo! I guess we'll keep praying for him. Okay. Hey, that's, that's great. Great when you see some progress. All right. Anybody else? I saw some hands. Yes, ma'am. Leah? Is this the mom or, or Kay? Kay has the tumor. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Got you. Okay. Thank you. All right. Kay Doris. And Geneva, we need to be sure and pray for Geneva. She's battling this upper respiratory uh, stuff that's been going around. And is, if any of you have had it, it's sure hard to kick. So she's on her second round of antibiotics and uh, making headway but just not where she needs to be so she wanted to stay home today and instead of hacking and coughing while she was here anybody else yes Sheila who is do we have him on our list Oh, Wayne Sims. Okay. Well, I'm going to mark right through him. Praise the Lord. Okay. Fantastic. Wayne Sims. Let's mark him. Put a big line through Wayne. He no longer exists on our cancer list. Amen. That's great news. Corey, you had one? It's hard to pray for Corey and Tina. They're... I mean, they're traveling, but, you know, they're going on a cruise to, when are they not on a cruise? <laughs> are getting ready to leave on one. Well, hey, you know, hallelujah. Yes, we pray for them. Pray for them that they have a relaxing time. Get away and relax. So we'll miss them for a couple of weeks anyway. Yes, Jeff.
Okay. Grantly. Grantly. All right, let's pray for that little baby. That God will touch his little body. Yes, sir. Uh, Amber is uh, one of the waitresses down at Hugo's, and uh, she's going through a uh, separation or divorce and uh, just difficult time. If you've experienced that or know people that have, you know how that is. So would you pray for Amber as she uh, works through all of that? Okay, anybody else? Anybody else? Okay. Let's take the hand of the one closest to us. Let's agree in prayer. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity we have to serve you. Thank you for the opportunity we have to come to you in prayer. And God, we're praying this morning that you will be ever so close to everyone that's on our list and everyone that's been mentioned this morning. We especially miss uh, Geneva and her her spirit. Just pray that you'll help her body to heal. She'll be past the congestion and past the coughing. And uh, Father, that you'll bring uh, healing to her body completely. Uh, for Kay Doris and uh, the rough time she's having, the loss of her mother, and then now this tumor. And just pray you'll give doctors wisdom and give her wisdom. Uh, for Corey and Tina Marie as they travel, give them safety in their journey. Uh, for Jeff and Misty's friends, Courtney and Tiffany, and little baby Grantley. Uh, Father, you can you, you have intricately made that little boy. So you know exactly what needs to happen to get his body to work right. So God, I'm just praying that you will do a miracle and you'll touch that little boy and the doctors will step back and go, my, my. And we'll know. And we'll give you praise and honor and glory. For Amber and others that are going through life struggles, would you grant uh, patience and wisdom and uh, peace in their life? Great news on George, and we're grateful for uh, the tumors shrinking, and we pray that those will continue and they'll completely be gone. Thank you that Wayne is, uh, we're able to take him off our list. And Father, we just ask you to continue to bless, continue to touch each and every soul, each and every life that's here. Uh, Father, be with James Watkins and uh, help his body to come back under uh, chemical control so that uh, he can get out of the hospital and be back at church. Open our hearts today, Lord, as we open your word, speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people say it. Amen and amen and amen and amen and amen and amen. I forgot to mention the uh, connection card, so I hope that you uh, remembered to do that and filled it out and got it turned in and all that. Uh, how does the preacher forget to do that? I don't know. But he did. <clears throat> Proverbs. We're going to be in chapter 3 today. Uh, if you have your Bibles, let's hold them up. I'm a child of God. Have in my hand. Powerful Word of God. Can change lives. Heal broken hearts. Save man's soul. Lord Jesus, today, speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is good. All the time. God is good. <laughs> amen. 
In Proverbs 3, we're going to look at verses 31 through uh, 29 through uh, 31 today. Under the title of, Be Careful Who You Follow. How did your mothers put it to you when you were growing up? Yes, sir, Kim. Sleep with dogs, you get fleas. Okay. Well, that's a proverb right there, isn't it? Any others? Because I'm the mom and I said so, okay. Any others? You made your bed, you lay in it. Any others? One bad apple spoils the whole bunch. Eh? Ran across a few other ones, not necessarily related to parents and how you hang around, but it, it, it does have some correlation. Just Proverbs, just in general. Many people are too busy making a living to make a life worth living. There is less pain in biting your tongue than in losing a friend. What if we tried as hard to be good as we try to be beautiful? Your ulcer can't grow very fast while you're laughing. You realize that laughter will heal you from the inside out? There was a CEO that was put in the hospital for stress and ulcers, and he was dying of, of, of uh, heart disease. And so he asked his um, family to bring in uh, Three Stooges, Laurel and Hardy, just that kind of stuff. And he laughed himself to health. That can happen. The real menace in dealing with a five-year-old is that in no time at all, you will begin to sound like a five-year-old yourself. (laughs) The silver lining is easier to find in someone else's cloud. Abraham Lincoln had great difficulty getting an education, but what can you expect from a guy who didn't play football or basketball? (laughs) Anyone with normal blood pressure these days just isn't paying attention. (laughs) A politician will promise to do anything just as long as he isn't expected to do it now. Most of us wouldn't mind Uncle Sam's bite if he didn't keep coming back for dessert. It will be interesting to hear the teenagers of today tell their children what they had to do without when they were young. I didn't get an iPad. If you are willing to admit that you are all wrong when you are all wrong, then you're all right. Saw a picture on Facebook the other day of the little. Remember the uh, when you were at college, you'd have to lay on the floor with a long cord and talk on the phone. I showed that to Cindy. I said, "Remember those days?" She goes, "Oh yeah." Here's my favorite one. It's all right to be dumb, but it's stupid to make a career out of it. <laughs> now let's get into our scripture. There's three categories of people and three things that God is encouraging us not to do related to those who we would have hanging around us and those that we would follow. The first one's in verse 29, chapter 3. It says, Do not plot harm against your neighbor who lives trustfully near you. So the first word of encouragement from this chapter in Proverbs is, Plot not. Plot not. Corey, there's a little arrow underneath the far one that's projected. If you touch that, it brings up the next. There you go. 
A young man was shopping in a supermarket when he noticed that an older woman seemed to be following him throughout the store, staring at him in a very sorrowful manner. He moved to the next aisle, trying to avoid her, but she followed, still staring. And when he finished shopping, he ended up behind her in a long checkout line. I mean, her grocery basket was full to overflowing. His contained just a few items. She kept staring at him sadly, making him feel very uncomfortable. Finally, she spoke up. Pardon my staring, she said, but you look exactly like my son who died just two weeks ago. She began to sniffle as she repeated her claim that the young man was perfectly resembling her late beloved son. I mean, exactly like him, she said. Then as the cashier bagged her groceries at the front of the line, the woman asked, As a favor to a grief-stricken mother, would you mind saying goodbye, Mom, to me as I leave? Somehow it would make me feel so much better. Well, the young man swallowed and agreed to that request, and she gave him a tearful smile, waved, and picked up her three heavy bags. Goodbye, Mom, he said, waving back. The young man, reflecting on his good deed, felt warmth in his heart that he had done something so good. Didn't even notice that the cashier was ringing up his few purchases until the cashier told him that would be $110, sir. Well, there must be a mistake. He pointed at his, his little single bag of items. He said, how, how come so much? Well, your mother said that you'd be paying for hers too. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, this, this plotting evil against your neighbor, we need to be careful. We need to be careful. It's hard to believe that a little old lady would do something like that. I mean, sinister people come in all shapes and sizes. Normally, I don't think any of us would ever think of plotting evil against someone. It's just not our nature as Christians. At least it shouldn't be a part of our Christian nature. If plotting evil or wanting to hurt someone is a part of us, then something is dreadfully wrong in us. We may... We may do wrong occasionally, but plotting evil is a sign that something is wrong with a person's heart. And that's really serious business. I mean, it doesn't take, you don't have to go, you still have to go overseas to see that now it's right here. People who are plotting evil are right here. How could a man walk up to a policeman in a car, shoot 13 times, hit him three, Get shot running away, yelling, Allah Akbar, I'm in the name of Islam, doing all the shooting. How can a mayor stand up and say, it doesn't have to do with anything about the Islamic religion? Plotting evil. Plotting evil. Ran across a story when a young man, about a young man who. Uh, worked at a store in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Any of you know where that is? Cape Girardeau. And uh, he worked alongside another assistant manager in this store. Uh, this other manager was a young man, his later 20s, nice looking, personable, but he had a horrible desire. He always talked about women in a sexual way and often expressed his desire to have certain women uh, customers. Saddest part of all was that he claimed to be a Christian. I mean, after all, his granddaddy was this high-powered, old-school Baptist preacher. 
And he'd get into religious debates about and arguments with other employees, but he's wasting his time. Nobody believed what he said about religion or Christianity because of the way they also knew of his sinister sexual desires. There was something rotten with inside this young man. You see, how can bitter water and sweet water flow from the same fountain? How can words of hate come from words of encouragement? Can't do it. Well, I just have a problem cussing. Then get control of it. Well, I just can't get control. Yeah, you can. So you're limiting God. You're limiting You say, well, I can't do it. Yes, you can. Then you're limiting God. Never limit God. Never limit God. Let's take a look at some verses. Ephesians 2.10 For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He prepared ahead of time. Wants to do good works. See, somebody broke down the side of the road. I know it's hard to stop. But maybe consider stopping. I don't know. You have to, let, you have to use your judgment. And like I say, nowadays it's, it's hard to stop, isn't it? It's hard to... You know, it, there used to be a time when you wouldn't even hesitate. But now you hesitate. I understand. God created us in Christ to do good works. And when we surrender to Christ and Christ comes into the lives of, of each of us, then we will naturally think in terms of doing good to people, not plotting evil. We may occasionally fail, but we don't go around plotting evil or plotting to harm people. It's just not a Christ-like nature. Secondly, in verse 30, Do not accuse a man for no reason, when he has done you no harm. So, secondly, we should accuse not. Those that we're going to follow, those that we're going to hang around, we should accuse not. A neighbor phoned his, his neighbor at three in the morning and said, Your dog is barking and keeping me awake. The other neighbor called him back at 3 a.m. the next day and he said, I don't have a dog. <laughs> Be not quick to accuse others. Ever jump the gun? Been quick to accuse somebody of wrongdoing when we may be completely wrong? Even if we are correct, we must be cautious when we accuse people. Someone said there are good reasons for doing some things fast because life is, a, is, crowding, uh, is a crowding in hand and if the thing isn't done fast, it won't be done at all or because doing it isn't half so rewarding is doing something else. So iron fast so you can paint slowly. Shop fast so you can sew slowly. Cook fast so you can spend some time with a child before it disappears into an adult. It's very interesting. I turned around the other day and my granddaughter is eight years old. How'd that happen? Beautiful eight-year-old. Little buddy told me it's his birthday too. It's in July, but it's sometime in the summer. I said, how old are you? He says, I'm three. I said, well, are you sure you're not four? He said, it's not my birthday, Campo. I said, okay. And there's two ways to look at this, do things fast so you can do things slow. There are good reasons for doing some things fast. I think it's good to get rid of the stuff we don't want to do. Get it done first and get it out of the way. Stuff that's easy to do, get it out of the way. 
So then we can spend some time with stuff that means something. When I look back on my life, I should have spent more time taking my kids fishing. When Kelsey goes to Iowa, she goes fishing with her granddad up there. And there's, it looks like they just have such a great time. But you know, it's just, it's the time. It's the time. I should have done that, but I didn't. I thought I had to be about... <sighs> I should have at least tried to plan a vacation and taken them away on a vacation. Somewhere, somehow. I'm not a camper. I don't like to camp, but I, I should have learned how. I should have forced myself to go. Just something inexpensive. We could have pitched a tent out in the backyard. You know what I'm saying? And the little guys would have thought that was big time stuff. But I can't go back and undo. I don't think I neglected them in any way. But I look back and miss some things. My encouragement to you young, you young parents, don't miss it. It will be gone. <laughs> it will be gone fast. Fast. We should hurry to be with the Lord in private, however. Our personal devotion, our public worship. We should let some other things go for the sake of spending time with the Lord. read about a professor in Bible college who always got up at four every morning in order to spend time with the Lord in Bible study, reading, and in prayer. He preferred the Lord's presence over sleep. He preferred being with the Lord early in the morning over lying in bed. And that's not a bad deal considering where he is now spending eternity. Now there's the other side of that coin. There are some things we should not hurry to do. And that's accusing others of wrongdoing. Do you remember the old saying, haste makes waste? Well, it holds true of many things, especially when it comes to accuse, accusing someone of wrong. We'll listen to rumor, and then we'll pick up the rumor, and then we'll feed the rumor, and then off we go. And we may well be wrong by hurrying to accuse them, but it could end up alienating someone for the rest of our lives. Don't be hasty to accuse somebody of wrong. We are so quick to judge people, let's just don't do it. Know the facts. Realize there's two sides to every story. Always remember there's two sides to every story. If somebody tells you something, just go, wow. But don't necessarily believe it. There's two sides to every story. Never forget that. F.B. Mayer, or Meyer, as some people pronounce it, once said that when we see a brother or sister in sin, there are two things we uh, do not know. First, we don't know how hard he or she tried not to sin. And second, we do not know the power of the forces that assailed him or her into that sin. But we also do not know what we would have done under the same circumstances. Be careful. Be careful. None of us know all the facts. Only the Lord knows everything. Don't be quick to accuse somebody of wrong. Let's look at some verses right quick. Matthew 7, 1. Do not judge or you too will be judged. Matthew 7, 3. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay not, no attention to the plank in your own eye? We often judge someone for something they have done wrong when we have done perhaps far worse. Romans fourteen ten. You then, why do you judge your brother or why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. 
James 4. Brothers, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law and judges it. And when you judge the law, you're not, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, and the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Proverbs 29, 20. Do you see a man who speaks in haste? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Speaking quickly or hastily can get us into trouble. And it can certainly get us into trouble when we are quick to speak evil of someone else. Just don't do it. Don't be quick to speak accusing words. Let God be God. You try to be loving and humble and compassionate and serve. Number three, verse 31. Do not envy a violent man or choose any of his ways. So, envy not. Plot not, accuse not, and thirdly, envy not. Dwight L. Moody once told the fable of an eagle who was envious of another that could fly better than he could. One day the the bird saw a sportsman with a bow and arrow and said to him, I wish you would bring down that eagle up there. The man said he would if he had some feathers for his arrow. So the jealous eagle pulled one out of his wing and the arrow was shot, but it didn't quite reach the rival bird because he was flying too high. First eagle pulled out another feather, then another, until he had lost so many that he himself couldn't fly and the archer took advantage of the situation, turned around and killed that helpless bird. Dwight L. Moody made this application. He said, if you are envious of others, the one you will hurt the most by your actions will be yourself. Most of the time our envy deals with material possessions. So-and-so has a new car. Well, I need one. You know, mine's got a dent in it. Paint's fading. I don't have heated seats. (laughs) I don't have a remote start. I need to get one of those. I need to get all those. I need to have all that. I don't have voice navigation. We may live in a $100,000 house. All you got to do is just drive a little ways and you'll be in a better housing addition with bigger houses that have two or three. You know, if, if a house is big enough to have two or three um, AC units outside, that's a big house. That's an expensive house. It's expensive to cool and heat that house. But it's so easy to envy someone, especially in America, because we have so much. The Joneses will always have more than we do. Don't be too quick to accuse others of being envious. We all have the tendency. We have this or we have that, but we'd like to have this or have that. It looks better and is better and we know it would be better. So why don't we just go ahead and get it? I don't have the money for it. It don't matter. It don't matter. Just go get it. People start these uh, in-home businesses and the first thing they want you to do is to go in debt to buy the product that you're going to sell. Well, if it's such a high-powered selling uh, item, you front me the money. You front me the material and I'll take off and I'll give you a percentage. But why should I go into debt to buy the supplies before my business is ever established? It doesn't make any sense. 
Let's look at some verses. Hebrews 13.5 Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, Never will I leave you nor will I forsake you. And again, our verse, chapter 3, verse 31. Don't envy a violent man or choose any of his ways. I can't Im- and I just can't imagine any of us wanting to be in envy a violent man. When I was younger... I was reading a story about a guy when he was younger, about 12, said 10 to 12. He had a grandma named Muddy. Isn't that a great name? Muddy. Grandma Muddy. But she liked professional wrestling. And so she decided to take this kid to see a professional wrestling match. And he was anxious to go because he had seen him on TV. And he got to actually see Gorgeous George. Any of you remember that name for the old wrestling time? Sputnik Monroe. Any of you get that one? And he was the first guy that had the white streak that went through his hair. Anyway. So, but, but gorgeous George. Now what made him gorgeous to his grandma, Muddy? I don't know. And I guess maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. I mean, but it was thoughtful that she took him to see a professional wrestling match. And, and he wondered, why did she do that? Did she, did she do it either because she loved him or... Did she love the professional wrestlers either way? As he watched in person, he saw the violence of those wrestlers. He saw the violence. And he determined that it wasn't something for him. I mean, they beat each other. They would bloody each other. They would hurt each other. So he determined that that wasn't the way he was going to be. I don't want any part of that stuff he would say. Jennifer Lopez, very popular, very wealthy. I mean, she's gotten into everything that you can get into to make money. And she's done it well. And she's been very successful. But you'll read stories about her, and some of those stories aren't very flattering. They'll talk about how hateful and obnoxious and demanding she can be. We shouldn't envy rich, violent, acting, verbally abusive people. We shouldn't want to be like them. And yet, some young girls are turning out just like that. Now, she's beautiful, don't get me wrong. She's a beautiful woman. But sometimes, when the outer beauty increases, the inner beauty decreases. And you wonder if there was any inner beauty to start with. There's really one person we should envy or want to be like, and that's Jesus. We should so much want to be like Him, rich in love, mercy and compassion, sympathy and patience and forgiveness. Because you see, that's, those are eternal attributes. And we should want to be like Him. His ways are eternal, and they do more good than any and all of the material wealth the world has to offer. Well, we just witnessed the largest Powerball amount of eight, what, $900 million? Go to a billion over with a B. If they turned all of that over to the, to the federal government, every dime of it, it would fund the government for three hours. <laughs> but we don't have a money problem here in America. We don't have a spending issue, do we, in Washington, D.C.? Three A billion dollars would only handle three hours? 
Where's all that money coming from? In the actual studies of leadership in America and business, it has been proven that the average executive spends three-fourths of his working day dealing with people. The largest single cost in most businesses is people. The biggest, most valuable asset any company has is its people. All executive plans are carried out or fail to be carried out by, say it, people. People are the most important commodity on earth. And you and I must work at developing a good relationship with people. Plot not evil against people. Accuse not people of evil. And envy not evil people. Be careful who you follow. Be careful who you hang around. If you mess with dogs, you're going to catch some fleas. Oh, I like that. Father, I ask you this morning to remind us often of how blessed we are just because we're your children. So, Father, I'm asking that you would move in the hearts of your people here today. Perhaps something's been said uh, has opened a little bit of a window into our soul. Are we evil in nature or are we good in nature do we display the attributes of Jesus or do we look like the world Father I'm praying for our country our country will not be healed by any political party will only be healed by the power of your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, we have a lot of evil running loose. We have a lot of evil that seems like on a daily basis raising its head. So, Father, I'm asking you, pleading with you to do a supernatural intervention in this country. But you can't do anything unless you start with each of us. Because that's been your choice to get your message into the lives of people. It takes us. To show change in a person's walk. They, they used to be evil, but now they're not. You still need people. Your choice. So would we come and surrender and honesty and integrity and sincerity and say we want you to be our Lord and Savior. And then, Father, follow that up with letting you be Lord. Letting you be the master of our life. That we become slaves to you and to your will. Maybe there's somebody here who just needs prayer. They're carrying a burden that's just got them on their knees. There's several of us that would be welcome to join them and, uh, and pray through with them. That that bondage could be broken. Those chains could be released. It could be financial. It could be family. It could be job related. There's so many ways that Satan works on us. If somebody has a need, would they respond today? In Jesus' name, amen.
He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock. What a great song. Let's stand and sing. God's touching your heart to respond, would you, this morning? A wonderful 